Hi everybody, welcome to Wrong Term Memory. As always, it's me, Jack. And as always, it's me, Colin. Jack, how are you this week, mate? Are you good? Yes, I am super. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, not bad. We are recording this on a Friday evening. What is it? Quarter to eleven. Um, I've not long ate a Chinese, so if I go quiet at some point, I've I've literally just exploded because I, I feel as if that's not far off, to be honest. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm good, mate. Good. I'm looking forward to this one. You've you've done a lot of the legwork for this one, so I'm looking forward to hearing some of it and going through it with you. Yeah. What did you have for Chinese for dinner? Ah, I, I had um, some salt and chili chicken balls and some sweet and sour uh, chicken Cantonese style, kind of the saucy one. Right, okay, sounds, sounds pretty standard, man. Today, um, we're going to bring to you 10 things that I've learned, um, and see for a little bit of a change. I've actually read into the stories a little bit, like we've got a bad habit of just reading a headline, throwing it at you, then I ask you a question about it, Colin, and you normally say, you don't know. I don't know, I've just read the headline, and... That, that, and we just get. Sometimes we come up for a backstory. Sometimes we guess. Completely made sometimes up. Sometimes we try and imagine what it would be. But it sounds like today you've got you've got some mad facts. So that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I had a couple of hours today. So I will admit I went on to Reddit and the TIL subreddit on there is one of the most interesting, which is today I learned, and I've just uh, rephrased it as today we learned, and by that I mean I learned, and then we'll speak about it now, Colin. So. We may as well just dive straight in, mate, with the top-ranked story of the month. Wow. Today I learned, yes, um, which is a story about a guy called Darius McCollum, who is a New Yorker, diagnosed with Asperger's Syndrome, um, so he's on the autistic spectrum, but he's been arrested over 30 times, not for what I would call real crime, but for impersonating transit employees, basically stealing trains and buses, driving their routes. Like, he doesn't steal them. Like, he doesn't well, take... Yeah. Stealing, stealing trains sounds like a crime. <laughs> like... Yes, but when you think about stealing, you think about you, you take it for yourself. Uh-huh. This guy doesn't steal things. He just plays a train driver or a bus driver. Like, he takes... Like, we'll get to his backstory. He's got a bit of an origin story, right? But what he basically doesn't steal it, he takes it like on the 59 route. Like the 59 bus goes from A to Z. He takes it from A to Z. He does all the announcements. He stops at all the right bus stops. He takes all the right fees. He does all that sort of stuff. Like he's, he's not stealing it. He, there's no personal gain here rather than the pleasure for him of being a, a bus driver, a train driver, because it was his childhood dream as a youngster. It just shows, like, I, I, I thought it was quite difficult to drive trains, but this guy's obviously proven otherwise. <laughs> oh, uh, don't start, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is right about trains, but um, for some reason, folk that are on that sort of spectrum really like trains, don't they? Um, well, that's you, a massive generalisation, but yes, I understand what you're saying, mate, yeah. I, I, this might go right over your head, but have you heard of Francis Bourgeois? The name sort of rings a bell, but tell me. So Francis is this boy who likes trains, and he does TikTok videos about trains. Right, if he's on TikTok, I have no idea, right? So he's, he's kind of, i say he's probably superseded TikTok now. He's, he's proper, made quite a success out of it. He's now an Adidas, Adidas and Gucci ambassador, and does all sorts of stuff. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, but he's, he, his videos are just very, very wholesome and lovely. 
and it's just him standing excited watching a train going by and like shouting at drivers to, to do their horns and make tones for him and make it toot toot. Um, well, well, we stay in Glasgow, so obviously the main station is Glasgow Central Station, and as you are driving out of that, especially on sort of like platforms 13, 14, right up the back, mm-hmm. you would drive out and there would always be guys standing right at the end, almost like outside of the building, watching yeah. the trains, and you would, let's be honest, pass judgment on them. You would go, what a, f- look at this fucking weirdo. You would, <laughs> 100%, but see, as I've grown up and became more worldly, see if they like fucking watching trains. Let them be, man. Who cares? Absolutely, mate. I couldn't agree with you more, honestly. I, and it does, it takes age to get to that state in mind, I think. I think it takes age, a bit of life experience and a bit of reality setting in that being cool is, a, is an idea rather than a reality. And you know what? If you like trains, knock yourself in. If you want to talk to a podcast to your pal for an hour three times a week, do that. Do whatever you want, man. So yeah, I can totally get behind that, man. I totally can. Yeah, so Darius, well, I'll give you his origin story. He was actually, um, he was brought up next to an, an underground train station. Um, right. And he, he absolutely loved the trains around about ages four, five, six, seven. Like, he was really into trains. He would always want to go on them. And then, quite a sad story and quite a um, trope for origin stories is something bad happened to the boy. He got stabbed right. in school. By one of his pupils. Right. <laughs> right, shut up. Don't make me laugh. He gets stabbed by one of his one of his um, um classmates with a pair of scissors right. when he was eleven years old and he was off school for ages. So when he was meant to go back to school, he didn't want to go back to school, so what he would do is he would run onto the trains underground, the underground, and stay on them for from what I've read, literally days at a time, and he would only come up, he would grab something to eat and then run away again, and just like go round and round on the underground. Can, I, I, can I make a confession? Yes. I've done that recently. Recently? Right, as, as I in, have... Right, go. As in this week. <laughs> right, okay. So, you need to tell us this story, man. So I was in the office on Tuesday this week. I'm in the office once a month, and I hate it. And... Um, I get the subway, and when I go into town, so basically Glasgow City Centre, so I get the subway to Seaton Centre, and um, I've, I, I got at Ibrox, and there's no signal on the underground, and you know me, I'm absolutely lost without a phone signal, I, I, I generally feel uncomfortable not being connected, so I read I read my book on my phone when I'm on the on the underground, I'm reading a good book, so I'm quite enjoying it, and got to Seaton Centre on the way into work, and I was going for 10 o'clock, but I didn't have any, any meetings till 11 and it got to see, you know, and that was a really good part of my book. And I thought, I could just sit and do another circle of this. Did you? And I just stayed, and I just stayed on and read my book for a circle of the subway and got off at Seaton the next time. Do you know what, mate? See, I think that's quite healthy for you. See, the amount of time you spend on your phone. As yeah. We spoke about this recently as... I shocked I you this week for that, didn't I? Fucking shocking. Um, yeah. So if any time that you're engaged in something else, sitting reading your book for an extra, I think, is it 35 minutes it takes to go around again? Something like that, yeah, yeah. something like that. Go around the four, it it doesn't, four, something like um, that, yeah. Sad news so, though, Jack. Yeah. I, I was using my phone to read my book. Yeah, but, yeah, but you weren't on socials or TikTok yeah. or, like, there's a difference between reading a book on your phone and engaging in just the, the, 
a waste of time, basically. A they, waste of time, basically, man. Yeah. yeah. The reason, the reason Jack's mentioning this, it's called uh, How to Kill My Family. That's about... <laughs> 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 it's, it's about this woman who's a bit of a tough childhood and decides she's going to murder her whole family. And the story right. starts off with her in jail. And she tells you the story of how she got there, basically. It's really good. Okay, sounds interesting. Um, the, reason, the reason Jack's speaking to this, folks, is because on Apple iPhones, you get your screen time every week. And uh, this week was my worst one ever, because I was on my phone last week on a daily basis for an average of 14 hours a day. Like, like, I thought, my, my because as soon as you said that to me, I went and checked mine. And mine was four or fifteen minutes, which I thought was a lot, and that had went up a hundred and fifty percent from the week before. So I don't know why last week I was spending a hell of a lot of time on my phone, and that was a massive jump for me. I think I'm, I think I'm bad at about three hours a day on my phone. That's the whole time that you're awake, basically. Nearly. But to be fair, though, it's split between phone and iPad. Um, it's not just the phone, but I suppose that doesn't make it any better. But um, I fourteen hours than a day on average over a seven day period is poor. It gave me a bit of a shock as well. So I'm trying to fix it, but I'll see. I'll give you an update on Monday how it's went this week. Uh, okay, okay. Back to Darius. Like I says, he got stabbed, and he didn't want to go to school, so he was um, spending all of his days, days on end actually, just riding the underground basically. And he actually became friends with uh, the train staff uh, where he lived. They were called the Metropolitan Transit Authority staff. And then he would actually unofficially cover shifts for workers. <laughs> Come on. He was given a uniform at 15 years old, right? This was back in sort of the, the 80s, okay. where I, I presume that um, health and safety and stuff like that was a lot less um, on the ball. So if I felt unwell and I knew little Darius <laughs> could cover my shift and just put on my jacket, go out to Darius, I'll give you. $10, you cover my shift, I still get paid, I don't get, I imagine that's what it was like, so yeah. Darius all this time was taking notes and notes and notes about how to drive trains, how to like run the track, how to signal how to everything, and basically got to be 18 years of age and then he was first arrested in 1981 um, for stealing in inverted commas uh, a train and driving it from Somewhere to the Bronx, basically. Sorry, I don't know the. Um, I don't know where he, where he stole it, um, but he drove it to the Bronx, and when he offered the Bronx, there was like <laughs> all the guys were there saying, "Like <laughs> you're not the driver." <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, he, he kind of at a point he could easily blend in with the other staff, and it, that just created this obsession, and he's never given up, and he just gets arrested. Every he spent, he's actually spent a third of his life in jail because of this shit, and he just keeps doing it. I wonder why he doesn't just get a job as a train driver then. Well, he he was um, he had psychologists and they tried to get him jobs, and I think because of his background, they weren't keen to hire him. Right, but okay. the psychologist got him a job at a train museum in America, in America, right. in New York, basically, and. That just could that just didn't suffice for Darius, and he had to go out and be a train driver, be a real life station master, be a real life uh, conductor, and he keeps doing it, and he just got arrested for the 
thirtieth odd time I cut a days ago. That's mad. You don't get many Darius's about, do you? Darius isn't a name that's common now. Nah, the only guy was that Darius that was on the telly years ago. That I know. I don't know him personally. Darius, do you know what I mean? Darius Dinesh. Darius Dinesh. Yeah, we we were in Turkey and his family oh, owned yeah. a, a karaoke bar out there. And there was obviously a recorded message, but he came over the tunnel and says, Hi, it's Darius Dinesh. Welcome to Darius's really good Turkish karaoke bar. And everybody went wild and then was sick everywhere um, because there was far too much drink getting into him. But uh, that's my only story about Darius Dinesh. He's not Darius Dinesh anymore. He's Darius Campbell now. Was Dinesh too, too foreign? Like, I don't know what like, it was, but he changed it to Campbell. And I'm... We spoke about how it's okay to like trains, right? I'm going to just say, Darius had some good singles actually. Um, Colorblind um, sticks out. Um, there was another couple of ones that he had. His first album basically had some good singles. Fair play, to old Darius. Yeah, he done all right for himself after singing that a cappella British Beer song on telly. <laughs> yeah, um, and I think he's doing like I think he's like very much a West End type guy now. Um, not as in a wanker, but as in West End musicals and stuff like that. He very much seemed like a musical theatre type person. Yeah. What else have you got for me? So, 1915, we're going back to, I know you love the black and white days, and uh, we discussed uh, Pagans last week, Mm -hmm. I think, or the week before. Anyway, uh, Stonehenge is one of those places that the Pagans are right into. But back in 1915, I actually got put up for auction, and a guy with the best name ever, uh, Cecil Chubb. Um, Is he the man with the keys? Is he the man behind the key company? Uh, no. I, um, he His family were just absolutely loaded. Um, and this was, I think this would have been before the, the Chubb lock was invented back in 1915. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but he went to all oh, the, the, the British government decided that they didn't want Stonehenge anymore, basically, the big. <laughs> pile of rocks and put it up for auction and Cecil had been sent to buy furniture basically by his wife she wanted a new set of drawers uh, some new curtains he turned up at this auction and bought her Stonehenge for £6,000 which uh, works out about £680,000 in today's money on some big big stones basically so the wife is fucking furious she went no I wanted chairs and desks not big stones and basically forced him to sell it <clears throat> but he didn't want to just sell it on to the next bidder because I think the next bidder was an American some American guy wanted to buy it so he basically gifted it to the UK government and at the time the UK Prime Minister was uh, David Lloyd George and he said you're a top guy you didn't sell our national monument to an American and gave him a knighthood basically to say thanks and as part of the the deal for selling Stonehenge or giving Stonehenge to the UK government, uh, Cecil said that it, the entry fee would never be over one shilling and anybody that stayed in the local area uh, could have free access to Stonehenge. And I think that's pretty much how it is nowadays. I don't think there's a massive entry fee to, to look at it. I think it's a sort of public monument. So um, if you've ever been to Stonehenge, let us know. Uh, in the comments, uh, if you haven't and you think it's a little bit of shit like I do, then let us know as well. But yeah, I'm, that's what I'm going to It is shit, like it is pointless. I don't get the why people. I, I, I get it's, it's people say it's like the British pyramids, don't they? 
how'd they get there? Like, how how did that happen and all that? I couldn't give a fuck. It's just shitty rocks. Well, all that shit. I prefer. Sorry to interrupt. I prefer the thing at Millport that looks like a crocodile. <laughs> yeah, all that shit's been figured out about how they transported the rocks and stuff like that. And it was all pretty simple, I think. Oh, really? It's not like the pyramids then? I think the pyramids have sort of been figured out as well, but it's, um, as far as I know, there's. <laughs> I've been listening to too much fucking podcasts. As far as I know, there's two different types of rocks at Stonehenge. One of them comes from Wales, the smaller ones, and one of them comes from England, the bigger ones. So the mm-hmm. ones from Wales that were a little bit smaller could easily be rolled on logs and then put into the local river on a boat and just sort of boated down. Right, it was like okay. a piece of piss to get there. And the big, massive ones, they were a little bit harder to move. But again, it's been proven that I think they just sort of rolled them over fucking logs, man, and just... It, it took a while, but like yeah. it's quite... When I say easily done, it's it's done without any sort of uh, alien intervention. Yeah, well, it's not like they did anything else to be doing at the time, did they? It was dark in the old, the old days, no telly, no radio, no podcast, no books. Well, that's nothing it. Nothing to that's do, it. but move to know some stones about. Right, mate, even though I, I've um, found all these ones, I'm going to get you to take the next one because I think you might know a little bit about Batman and stuff like that. So... You take this one. Okay, let's do it. Um, so Robin Williams, um, who he's dead now, um, was offered the role of Joker uh, and accepted it in the 1989 film Batman. Uh, Warner Brothers, the studio, had made the offer, though, only to bait their first choice, Jack Nicholson, into signing on and doing it, which Jack Nicholson eventually did do. Uh, Robin Williams, naturally, Jack, though, was furious about this and demanded an apology from the studio. It's a bit of a shit thing to do, isn't it? Can you imagine the amount of shit things that are done in Hollywood or whatever just to get who you want to make that extra $5 million? When money's involved, I don't think there's any sort of depths, any snakes, bellies that these sort of millionaire people just won't do, man. Like, Robin Williams is, like, one of the most loved actors ever, one of the most loved comedians. He obviously had his difficulties committed suicide. Or die by suicide, as they say nowadays. Um, well, is that what yeah. they say now? Yeah, because committed. See, when you say committed, what's the first thing you think of? Um, like you're you're really in tow with something. You love it. It's a connection. You you don't want to be away from it. It's... Right. Okay. Well, there's that. But when committing, as you think about a crime, you commit a crime. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So they, yeah, so they don't they, they don't see suicide as a crime. Right, okay. So they don't say committed suicide because the first thing you think of is, uh, yeah, like as if you're committing some sort of crime. So they say died by suicide nowadays. Anyway, um, yeah. So Jack Nicholson at the time, I don't think he was he was too keen on the project and, and turned it down. But Robin Williams had been, as far as we know, actively like, sort of campaigning for the role, like really wanted to be the Joker, really committed <laughs> to the. Um, <laughs> like, wanting to do it, and they just fucked him over. But they didn't just fuck him over twice, Colin. They seemed to fuck him over a second time when, like, let's be honest, uh, I think, was this when Joel Schumacher took over? So, um, I think it would have been, so he was offered the role of the Riddler in Batman Returns, and um, he turned him down then because he was still annoyed about his treatment for that. But then he said that he he felt he was robbed of that as well. Because it was then given to Jim Carrey, 
So there's a bit of kind of a, a difference in the story here between whether he turned it down or whether it was taken away at the last minute. The the Jim Carrey Riddler was terrible, absolutely terrible. Um, so I would quite like to have seen Robin. I'd, I'd like to see Robin Williams as the Joker or as the Riddler. Actually, I think both would have worked, Jack. I think he could have done something in both of those roles. Actually, yeah, I think uh, both could have worked. And I watched the new the Batman the other night. I started watching it. Right, right, and everybody has told me how fucking brilliant that is, and it's not that I thought it wasn't good, but I kind of lost a bit of interest and actually turned it off about halfway through to make my dinner. But that's and, you do that with everything though, and didn't go back to it. Just didn't go back yeah. to it. If you've still not went back to Succession, eh, not Succession, the Severance, Severance, so. I liked That's it, Paul. Yeah. yeah, Paul Dano was good. He is the Riddler in this one. He's, he's probably the best Riddler I've seen. And the new one, did you see much of the Riddlers? What for the part you watched? Well, I've seen bits and bobs of it. Obviously, has um, almost saw like videos that he was sending to people with yeah. people on torture devices. You know, sort of going back to that torture porn. Um, there's actually a new thing on Netflix that is instead of bringing out Shaw Forty Nine. They've brought out something colon from the book of Saw. Oh right, okay. But still like the main guy in it. Um, I don't, don't ever think I'll watch it. But he I doesn't have much the... competition for the Riddler because who else has been the Riddler? Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. There's probably somebody in the old one, but yeah, it, it wouldn't be difficult to beat Jim Carrey as a fucking Riddler creeping no, about in his fucking life. His green suit and his pink hair or whatever it was, a red hair. Um, but yeah, like I feel you feel bad reading this for Robin Williams because you're right to say that this probably happens all the time in, in Hollywood and people get fucked over, etc. Rightly or wrongly, you probably feel bad because it's Robin Williams. You know, he was quite a troubled soul, and he ended up k- killing himself basically. So I don't, I don't think he killed himself because he wasn't the Riddler, but I suppose it's something that just added in and made him unhappy and they had enough stuff making him unhappy in his life. Yeah, all that shit it's will add up shame, eventually man. over time, man, um, to to get you. But we'll move on. There's actually a film called Ghost Ship. Have you seen it? Do you vaguely remember it? I remember. I, I, I certainly haven't seen it, but I remember the film. I remember the poster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do. I'm aware of it. So it kind of loosely leads into actual ghost ships, which is the, when ships turn up with nobody on them. And no sort of um, rhyme or reason as to why there's nobody on it. Now, if I said to you, think about ghost ships, you would mm-hmm. probably... Well, when do you think the last ghost ship was found? I know you've got the notes in front of you, but if I was to say that to you, out I've of the blue... I've not yet, so... Right, okay. Um, you wouldn't imagine it's any time all that recent, but it's just because of the... Whatever the... Whatever the the boat equivalent of the red of the black boxes and GPS coverage and all the radar and all that sort of stuff, you wouldn't expect to be able to be able to just lose a boat and lose contact completely. Well So quite a while I'd say. Yeah, see like before I read this, I'd have thought the last ghost ship would have been some sort of like old wooden ship that had cannons out the side of it that fired cannonballs and had big sails and shit like that. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what I, I think a ghost ship would be. But uh, supposedly the, the last ghost ship that was found um, was in January 2021. Oh, for with, fuck's sake. With absolutely no sign of life on board. 
It was a ship called the Yongyu Sing No, number 18, and it was a fishing vessel that was out um, trying to get tuna, basically. Uh, 90 feet long, 97 feet long, and it had a crew of 15 people, and it was discovered um, adrift um, near Midway Island with a crew, all crew, and a lifeboat missing. There seemed to be a bit of damage um, to the boat through a collision, but all 15 people just totally disappeared. They've all, obviously, they've jumped in a lifeboat, but they have no idea where the lifeboat is, so these guys have just jumped in a lifeboat and have just been lost Indeed. at sea, basically. Yeah. yeah. Bloody hell. I, I yeah. take that this boat was just found sailing along on its own. It was just sort of found, basically, and like you said, with, with these fishing vessels, they've all got sort of... Um, uh, sat nav and stuff like that so um, yeah they found it and there was nobody on it See, that's I think the they put fucking bit. GPS on the lifeboats man <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> the, 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 the bastard part is that these, these poor fellas have jumped out because they felt obviously felt they're fucked but the boats ended up being okay I still thought about yeah. if they stayed in the boat they'd have been alright do you know what I mean well that's probably um, that, that might be why they're, they're so sort of um confused because if the boat wasn't sinking they would have stayed on it so is there some sort of like poisoning or psychosis that makes people all jump off the boat and try to get away we're just not sure but that was in um, that was just over a year ago 18 months ago basically okay um i'll take this next one yeah um donald duck has got a twin sister uh, named della della duck and um, this, isn't a, this isn't a new thing. She was first mentioned back in 1937. However, did not make her animation debut until 2017. And um, she's obviously the mother of Huey, Dewey and Louie, Donald's nephews, Jack. Yeah. Um, she's a core member of the Disney Duck family. She's obviously the niece of Scrooge McDuck. She's a younger twin sister of Donald Duck and the mother of Huey, Dewey and Louie. It's weird that... She's mentioned back in 1937. They build a backstory around her, isn't it? But she never actually appears in anything until 2017. Well, that's it, because you never really think about the whole situation where uh, Scrooge McDuck has nephews. Those nephews have to have a mother, and that mother has to be his sister. But you just don't think that they exist, basically. And this was the first time I'd heard about this today, was Della Duck. And yeah, she um, she was in the comic strips back in sort of... 37 I think as cousin Della and then she was mentioned for the second time and the first mention on screen was in an the animated short no yeah. well she was actually mentioned in a an animated short uh, called Donald's Nephews right, as okay. sister Dumbella right so she wasn't Della back then but prior to her animation debut in 2017 in the DuckTales reboot she'd never appeared in any animated film or television series until then and again see when I actually take a dive into a little bit more of a deep dive under the headline uh-huh. you find some interesting stuff because Della's first speaking appearance was in um, the first season of 2017's DuckTales and it was from an actress called Paget Brewster who was also now you like Friends yeah from back in the day I did do yeah oh, definitely she was Kathy in season four with a K, not to be mixed up with Kathy with a C. Now, if you don't remember up, she was Joey and Chandler's cheating girlfriend. All right, okay, right. Right, so there we okay. are. So she's been on from 
um, starting in about six or seven episodes of Friends to voicing Della Duck and DuckTales. The reboot of DuckTales is actually quite good. I've watched a little bit of it. Um, Scrooge McDuck, do you know who does the voice? No. David Tennant. Right, okay. He does that. Um, But it's it's quite good. I quite enjoyed it. I I remember when it first came back, I watched it because I wanted to hear the theme tune. And uh, the theme tune's as good as it always was with DuckTales. Did they just keep the same one? They re-recorded it, but it's the same words and stuff like that. But it's very good. Uh, and of course, you get David Tennant playing up and he's like Scottish accent as Scrooge McDuck and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, there's old Billy Conley joke about Donald Duck as well, obviously, Jack, that Donald Duck's a bit of a weirdo because he walks about with no trousers on, but when he comes out of the shower, he wraps a towel around himself. Yeah. <laughs> Why does he do that? That's Sticks a waistcoat on and still these balls dangling about. Aye, know? he's got his balls and his <laughs> cock out all the time, but. When he goes out the shower, he puts a wee towel on. I quite like Donald Duck. I'd say... Hello, friends. Colin here. The looks, the charm and the brains behind Drunk Term Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate life is a little bit shit just now and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad free and lots of bonus content. Donald Duck, if you like, if you're going to say like the traditional Disney characters, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, Pluto, that's probably your your main guys there, isn't it? Are Goofy and Pluto both from Disney? Is one of them not Warner Bros? Because they're both big dogs. Eh, uh, Goofy, Pluto, Pluto. The do- hold on a second. You just double check that because they're both the same character. One of them's got oh. to be from Warner Bros. Or, or Looney Tunes or something. Oh, Pluto is a Disney character created by Walt Disney. He's Aye. a yellow, orange colour, medium-sized, short-haired dog with black ears. Aye. What about the other dog you mentioned? Well, is Goofy actually a dog? Aye, he's Goofy Disney. Is he, though? No, he's not, look. Goofy. Um, right, okay, I thought they were both dogs. There you are. No, he, oh, well, he's a tall, antiformic dog. Aye, so who, but who, who invented them? Disney. So D- Disney, oh, right, okay, that's really surprised me because I thought they were both similar type characters. Yeah, I think he's, he's more of a friend though. So he's like Mickey and Donald's friend, right, whereas right. Pluto is just a dog. Oh, he's his own thing, basically. Yeah, I think he, he is a, he's, yeah, he's more of a, 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 one of the gang, whereas Pluto is just a, just a pet. But I would say out, out of those, like the, the, the Disney main ones, I think Donald's the best. I quite like Donald Duck. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah, he's definitely up there. Um, I would give him 8 out of 10. Probably 9 out of 10. Yeah, he's up yeah. there as one of the, the sort of top cartoon characters of all time. Can, sure. you do, can you do a Donald Duck voice? Can you speak like Donald Duck? No, of course I can't. I can't speak like anything but from an Indian guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I, Donald Duck might be one, the one one I can do. It doesn't go Indian. Right, go. <laughs> 
There you go. Here's Donald Duck. <laughs> Speaking about Disney, mate, what, the next one actually sort of leads into that. I'll let you take this one as well because it's quite short. Uh, Disney World um, is legally allowed to build a nuclear plant in Florida under the 1960s law. Um, currently, they don't have it. They haven't actually taken them up on this yet. Yeah. There is no nuclear power plant at Disney World, thankfully, but it could change in the future because in 1967, Florida did pass a bill which said Disney could build their own nuclear power plant uh, in the park. Um, basically because Walt Disney knew the park was going to be huge and he wanted to have the rights to build a nuclear power plant to actually run it and make it more affordable to actually power the place if need be. Now, thankfully, that probably, I would imagine, will never, ever be needed now. But it just gives you an idea, Jack, of um, how desperate the American people and how desperate Florida was to allow Disney to basically do what they wanted because it, it can't be underestimated how much Disney World put Florida on the map. Florida was basically, it was just mud and swamps and stuff like that. And basically, obviously not the whole state, but Orlando, that sort of greater area and all that sort of stuff was absolutely nothing until Disney came around and built that place. Yeah, because I think he wanted to obviously buy X amount of acres of land and there wasn't that many places in America at the time that were like selling land or whatever, and like you say, he found that place. It's it's sunny, it's nice, and he just thought, "I'll buy that place." Yeah, and sort of and grown from there. He's literally created a the the whole place has basically got it's as very much known as the place that Disney built, basically. So I it makes sense. This shows how desperate they were to kind of do something and do something with all this barren land and make something of it. They say, "I just build that power plant." What would you do? You draw cartoons? Are you sound as if you know what you're doing? Have a power plant as well. There you go. Yeah, you, at oh. least, yeah. If you want to build one in the future, then fire in Walt. Um, like he says, he's not going to do it nowadays, you'd imagine. But nah, if he wanted to, yeah. He, he could, he could. I imagine he doesn't want to anymore. Fuck. Right. That's us for tonight, guys, because Colin's just done the Disney joke, um, which does not it does not travel well unless you're from fucking Glasgow. Listen, you've seen the metrics. Fucking 99% of these Every, people. Everybody's from Glasgow. Yeah, everybody's yeah. from Glasgow, which is good. Uh, there's a guy uh, called uh, August Beer, uh, which sounds like something you would have just after summer out of the back garden. Um, but uh, he was like this mad surgeon guy. Um, who decided to test a form of anaesthesia consisting of basically injecting cocaine directly into his assistant's spine to check how it effective it was. He stuck the needle in his leg, hit him with a <laughs> hit his shins with a hammer, ripped off his pubic hair, and then squeezed his testicles. And the subject was fully conscious during the operation, but felt no pain because he was absolutely fucking mad with it and cocaine because it had been injected directly into his spine. Two hours after the operation, the subject complained of a little bit of nausea. He vomited, uh, had a really fucking sore head and pain in his back, ankle and shins, obviously. Uh, the vomiting, back and leg pain improved uh, by the following day, but the headache lasted for much longer than that. Uh, the guy, August Beer, decided to perform this uh, spinal anaesthetic on five more subjects for lower extremity surgery uh, using a similar technique. And again, the guys felt fucking ill for days after it. So uh, injecting cocaine directly into somebody's spine is not a way of numbing their legs. And we've got August not. Beer to thank for that. I could have told you that. <laughs> 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 and 
I worry about his methods when he's thinking, right, okay, let's see if this has worked, right? We need to go in the leg, no response. Hit him in the shin, no response. I'm going to grab his pubes now. <laughs> and just start ripping pubes out. <laughs> fuck me. And then starts just, at that point, like, that's not worked, so I'll give his, I'll give his boys a wee squeeze. Um, and then get another five guys in. He's in, guys. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you say there, though, the guy woke up the next day or two hours later, he started feeling nausea, uh, sore headache, pain in his back and ankle. Then he mentioned the big baldy spot in his boss. Mm. <laughs> he's pure stripped out. Fucking hell. But, yeah. Do you think do you think he ripped pubes through his ball sack or like each pubic area? Like what do you mean like from his gooch? From his gooch, I like get the pubes out or the, the actual like pubic pubis. I don't that, that's not the technical name for it. The pubic triangle. Um, pubic triangle. Yeah. I reckon he would have went for the ones. What? Why, why, I don't. Why the fuck are you asking that? I've um, got no idea. I've got no idea. Got no when idea. was this? Was it long ago? Uh, this was like the. I think it was the late sort of eighteen nineties. So it was a while yeah. ago. Yeah. I was going. I was going to say like. <laughs> there's, there's probably a difference between how hairy he was compared to how hairy the average guy is now. There Maybe. was no manscape or lawnmower three thousand back then for these guys. There was. Um, so it could be. It could be pubes for anywhere. But I fuck that. Right, the next one, mate. Um, I'll let you take this one. Okay, so the boy whose exorcism was the inspiration behind The Exorcist, I did not know it was a boy, because in the film it's a girl. Um, he grew up to be a NASA engineer. Fucking hell. Um, his work contributed to the Apollo missions in the 90s, in the 1960s. Yeah. Um, the boy, previously known as Roland Doe, um, underwent exorcisms in Missouri in 1949. Um, now known as Ronald Edwin Hunkeler, I think I'd rather be called Roland Doe. Uh, He died last year after suffering a stroke at home in Marriott'sville, Maryland. He was a NASA engineer whose work contributed to the Apollo space missions of the 60s, and he even patented a technology that helps space shuttle panels withstand extreme heat. Um, That's amazing, like... On you go. Yeah. No, I'm just saying he was a really clever cookie, obviously, and he, he lived in... Missouri, let's say, and it maybe had some sort of a backward thinking ways about maybe mental illness. And he was actually born in 1935 and he began experiencing these paranormal activities, in inverted commas, at around 14 years of age when he reported this sort of knocking and scratching sounds in his bedroom wall. Kind of sounds like schizophrenia, right? Um, and they decided to get in contact with a guy called the Luther Schultz. Um, and they wrote to the parapsychology laboratory. So they used to have this parapsychology things back in the day, but they didn't really understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. Back in a place called Duke University in 1949, and they were explaining that chairs would move, and he was thrown out of a chair once. His bed would shake whenever he was in it, and the family eventually thought, "Fuck this! We need to get, we need to go to the Catholic Church." to sort this shit out and yeah. they shot the hell that's what, that's what called, boy needs. yes the, the, just some sort of mad uh, priest coming around called William Borden um, I don't think it, was, it might not have been Catholic actually it might be a Jesuit and he conducted more than 20 exorcisms uh, on Ronald in a span of three months and he wrote in his diary in 1949 that uh, Ronald entered a trance like state as witnesses watched during one of his exorcisms and also, every time he walked past a picture of Jesus, uh, the picture would vibrate, basically. What the hell? Fair play to him for um, turning his life around, because that's the kind of stigma that you'd imagine would stick to you. 
and you wouldn't well, be able to kind of move on in your life. Never mind get a job as prestigious as working for NASA and creating space technologies and stuff. So well, that that's why he was always ever known as Ronald Doe because um, his daughter said that he lived in constant worry that his colleagues would find out that he right. was the boy that that happened to. And it only came out like a year or two ago when he died. It's a fantastic film. I think you've seen the film. I watched it when I was about 16 or 17. So it was about 20 years since I've seen The Exorcist. I've seen it a couple of times. I think it's very good. It's um, Mark and Wood's favourite movie of all time. Is that why you like it? It's not why I like it, but I can see why it's his favourite. He's seen, he says he's watched it 200 times. Um, like That's mental. But it is a very good film, and I do enjoy it. Yeah, it's a decent film, it's decent enough. Like I, said, I didn't want to watch it kind of after. I watched that that one time. I didn't have the impulse to watch it again, but I didn't dislike it when I watched it. We've got another two to go before we get to ten, mate. Um, I will take this one, and then I'll let you take the cinema one at the end. Okay. Um, so the British had a prisoner of war camp um, during World War Two at Trent Park, and they would take the prisoners of war and let them instead of like locking them up and chaining them up and make pissing on them and shit like that, they would let them live in luxury while secretly bugging the house, basically. Oh, so okay. this programme gave the Allies lots of intel, such as the location of a V2 rocket facility. There was nearly 60 Germans at Trent Park and their conversations were secretly recorded. There were even microphones put in the trees um, to catch their conversations as they strolled through the park. So, a little bit of, not reverse psychology, but just putting people in a comfortable situation and letting them talk and see what comes out, and it, it seemed to work. And I found out something pretty interesting. I find it interesting anyway, that German speakers that worked for British intelligence were called listeners. Okay. Basically just called listeners, and they would monitor uh, conversations of prisoners of war, people they obviously, like... Um, radio signals and stuff like that, they were listening to that, but they were called listeners, yeah, the Germans, because they were working for the British intelligence. But I thought it was pretty cool. But that's that's a comfortable situation. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's 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 good stuff. Um it's it's an interesting way of doing it and it's quite forward thinking you'd think for the time to for some I, I can imagine that took quite a lot of army generals and majors to sign off on before they finally agreed to doing yeah, that. Don't torture fuck out of them. Just let them be, give them a cup of tea Nice wee chicken sandwich, breakfast, lunch and dinner, and just see what they start saying. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, this is quite interesting. Cinemas in Iceland, Switzerland, Egypt and Turkey and India have an intermission in the middle of movies, Jack. Um, they'll just stop a movie halfway through. It lasts around 10 minutes and it's to allow customers to go and basically buy food, buy popcorn, buy drinks or go to the toilet. What do you think of um, that? I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. You don't um, like it? I don't because I've often said in the cinema, I wish I could pause this, right? Right. But I've said that to myself because you shouldn't talk in the cinema, but I've said that to myself at a point where I would like to pause it. I don't like the idea of a designated pausing point where you just lose the... You, one of the things I like, I really like the cinema, Jack, I'm a big fan of going. And one of the reasons I like it is it's one of the very few places where I don't look at my phone for an hour and a half. Right. And I properly get invested in the shit in this in the film, and I think at pausing for ten minutes would just I would it would it would all go away at that point. I'd I would lose not lose track of the film, but it would just 
could spoil that a wee bit. I would use that 10 minutes to check all the notifications on my phone. Right. And then I'd spend the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie getting back into it slowly, but also thinking about the notifications and everything else. So I don't, I'm not a fan. Do you like that? Do you like the idea of that? In theory, yeah. I don't go to the cinema a hell of a lot. I can't remember the last film I've seen at the cinema. And even then, it's probably not a big, long film. If I go to the cinema, I tend to go and watch popcorn films, you know. 90 minutes, 100 minutes, bish, bash, bosh, lots of explosions, no real fucking um, deep thinking stuff, and then out and in, basically. Like, yeah. But, like, the Batman lasts 176 minutes, nearly three hours, no time to die, was just under that. Avengers was just over that. I can see why you, like, if you're sitting and they give you five litres of cola in a fucking bucket and 48,000... <laughs> tons of fucking picking mix why you wouldn't be busting for a piss at a point and then you need to just sneak out and miss you don't know what point you're going to miss you could miss a really important twist point or something like i've, I've had to go to the toilet at the cinema and you just got to go because you've got to go so in theory i kind of think it would be all right but i don't go to the cinema enough you're more of a cinema goer and if you're getting involved in a film you're probably adult enough let's be honest to uh, hold your piss in so yeah I was I was there during the week I went and saw the new Elvis movie my friend and I think that was at like 2 hours 40 minutes 2 hours 45 minutes um, is that a new but, David Lynch one? Uh, Baz Luhrmann oh Baz Luhrmann nah, that's what I meant yeah. <laughs> that's what I meant uh, to say a totally different name yeah. <laughs> uh, it was actually really good I've, I really enjoyed it I like Elvis so kind of a happy crowd but didn't think about going to the toilet during that at all and I nah I just, just don't like it there's um, the, the Nolan Batman films are going to be on at the Glasgow Film Theatre um, next month, I think it is. Back to back. And they're showing all three movies back to back with like 15 minutes in between them, basically. I can cope with that, I think, because it's a 15 minute break in between movies, but not during them. Yeah, but they know that everybody's that goes there has seen the films. Yeah, that's true. You'd imagine, so if you're there for nine hours you can take as many piss breaks as you want really because yeah. you're, not, you're not particularly missing anything they used to do that at the cinema in the, right in the middle of the city centre just up from Glasgow Central Station the, the Odeon oh on Renfrew Street at Halloween they used to do a Halloween night right you, it would run from like nine o'clock until like six in the morning right okay what was it all horror yeah. films I take it it was all horror films they would show it was like four or five horror films you would go you would take in a cargo you would get pissed there would be there would literally be people snoring, being sick and stuff like that. It was a bit of a riot, to be perfectly honest. But uh, at the age of eighteen, nineteen, to be able to take a carry out into a cinema for ten hours was like something that was fun. <laughs> I can imagine. There's um, I think it's a kebab shop now. That cinema, um, it's been made in a big fancy kebab restaurant. I think now that old was it old cinema. Yeah. But before that happened, it did lie derelict for a long time. That was amazing. There were some really good videos and pictures online of people that kind of broke into it. And, you know, these like sort of eco-discoverers, people that go to like run down It's like the whole sub-genre of YouTube is breaking into derelict places and yeah. running about, yeah. Really interesting, actually, because like, a lot of the cinema seats were still there and a lot of the old sort of props and stuff were still there, so the front desk and everything. And it's quite a historic building because like the Beatles played in that building and stuff like that back in the day. And yeah, my mum... Seen the Beatles when they played there. Yeah. Um, I saw one recently, uh, just this week on, I think it was TikTok, where 
you know the old Victorian toilets in Glasgow, the ones in the street where you go down the stairs to? Right, uh, yeah, okay. Some guy broke into what one of them. It's been long shut, long like since closed down, and it was horrendous. It was just full of litter, full of needles. It was just disgusting. This guy was kicking about in them in shorts. I just, you're going to get stabbed there. You're going to get stabbed in the leg. But I do. I've got a bit of an interest in that stuff. See people that go like they've old abandoned underground tunnels and stuff like that. I quite like watching that. I find it quite interesting. Only if it's Glasgow though. I don't well, know why. If it's somewhere else, there is a. I bought tickets years ago from my mum and my stepdad to go on a, the Glasgow Central Station underground ancient tour thing. Yeah. It's like a walking tour where you go down into the pits and you, you take a look about at all the old lines and stuff like that, and they really enjoyed it. It's supposed to be really good. Um, the, issue, the guy that runs it, I think, is quite problematic. Which um, would put me off going, I think, but... Um, it would be quite interesting because you've got that, that old um, forgotten village underneath Glasgow Central, haven't you? Um, what's it called? G- Galston or Garst, something like that, basically. Right. Um, Glasgow Central was built on top of an old village, basically. And if you go down underneath the tunnels and stuff, there's actually, you can see what's left of shop fronts and stuff that was there, this former, former basic village that doesn't exist anymore. Sounds really cool, to be fair. But anyway, I think we'll wrap it up here, man for today's episode so uh, cheers Colin cheers listeners. thank you mate yeah and thanks for bringing that together that was quite interesting I enjoyed most of that so thank you right guys we'll speak to you soon cheers bye